Hi, everybody. This is Katie. And this is Jake. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Again, please don't panic. Kimberly is okay, but she will not be joining us this week. So we're very excited to welcome Jake back to the show. Hi again. Welcome back to the show, Jake. Thank you. You were a big hit on your last episode. Did you know that? I stay I stay off the social media. Well, I'm telling you now. Big hit. Okay. Massive. I'll take your word for it. But we will be excited to have her back next week. I'm only sad that she's not here for this specific episode because yeah. I do think that she would be enjoying certain parts of this. Okay. Yeah, maybe so. I'm also very concerned that we have actually covered this episode before and I have You mentioned that. Yeah, I've wiped it from my mind like a goldfish. There's a chance of that. I'm also concerned that she was saving this one, and I didn't okay. know she was saving it. I'm worried about that, too. Okay. I am concerned that this is now a different title, mm-hmm. or had has gone through a series of titles, which okay. Dateline likes to switch right. the titles on yeah. things after the fact. There's a lot of concerns. Yeah. Uh, so Jake and I had some discussions about this episode, which I'm making very mysterious right now. I still haven't said it, which... I kind of like it. I almost said it earlier, but I was waiting. No, build the suspense. That's fine. Okay. (laughs) Here's the deal. We were going back and forth between this episode and an episode called Along Came Jody, which is about Jody Arias. And I was very torn because I felt the case has been very well documented. Ever a bunch of podcasts have covered it. If you were in watched parts of the trial, I mean, it was a huge case. But the thing was, and it's honestly why we didn't cover the episode when it came out because I very much wanted to cover it. And Kimberly said, "Nay, this is too well documented. Everyone's done it." I really like to talk about well documented cases, as you might remember from the Pamela Smart phenomenon but you didn't know that much about jody Arias, so i thought it would be fun right to get your take on it also to cover it just from dateline's point of view yeah but in the end i thought that maybe people would be tired of hearing about it so we chose this case for some reasons which will become very clear yeah and the case that we have chosen is called taken And it is Season 19, Episode 2, and it first aired on September 17th, 2010, so it is almost exactly 12 years old. Yeah. Dateline Classic. Let's just get into it. Okay. I'm not going to give away any more. I've let the mystery last long enough. We have Dennis Murphy with us this week. So, as you know, Jake, Dennis is my favorite. Right, of course. And Dennis is in fine form. He is full gumshoe in this episode, as we know and love him. And I think he also maybe let his hair grow a little long for this episode because we'll find out. It was looking shaggy. Maybe on purpose. Yeah, could be, could be. So Dennis opens with, Matt Landry from the Detroit suburbs was just a regular guy. The kid who delivered the pizza you ordered, traveled the world on his skateboard, and cracked up his friends with his jackass-style stunts. We see home video of each of these activities and Matt participating in them. Jake, how well do you relate to Matt Landry straight off the bat? Yeah, he's my people, pretty Is much. He? Yeah, he's my people. I think he people. might be. I recognize certain aspects of the things he's doing as being, yeah, my people. Jake is into skateboarding. Well, yeah, that, and then also there's another thing that he also 
does. Which we're going to talk about this right. very second. So if you related to him before, you definitely relate to him now as right. our first interview is three bandmates. And by bandmates, we know they're bandmates. Yes. Because it is three gentlemen who appear to be in their early 20s, all decked out in their finest affliction style t-shirts. Yes. With their actual guitars mm-hmm. in the Dateline interview. Right. With I believe there's a drum kit behind them there as well. probably is. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a, a lit up version of their practice space. Although maybe, I don't know if they had a practice space. It's tough to tell. Basement. Right. The one kid's basement, they yeah. kept saying. Because Dennis refers right. to them multiple times as a basement band. Yeah. Which is the same thing as a garage band, I'm assuming. I think it must be a variation, although mostly you don't do a basement because it reverberates real bad through that the makes whole sense. house. It's not quite like the garage where it's like off the house and not quite as awful. Like in the basement, everybody can hear it. Huh. So I have never seen in a Dateline episode something like this. And Uh now we've done about 300 episodes, I think. I've never seen people come in with props. And if they are, it's one thing that sort of has to do with the case or the host Mm -hmm. has it or something like that. But three bandmates sitting there with instrument in hand is an anomaly. And it was glorious. Um, yeah, I think it's just some cultural crossover. What do you Cause, mean? Because uh, they're they're down to play. They're there to play. They are there to they are there to promote their band. Unfortunately, what's the one thing they never tell us in the episode? They don't get real specific about what the genre is. They leave it pretty or vague. what their name is. That's true. That we is are true. Never, they never say what their name is. It's true, and I I. I tried to minimize my Googling or my binging. Did you discover anything in your bing? I didn't do it too deeply. So, because I was trying to not dig around, essentially. But I'm sure I could come up with one. I'm sure you could too. And actually, we might have to insert with alternative titles, possible band names and suggested band names for them. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so be thinking on that. I guess this all makes sense, though, that we meet these fellows because... Dennis tells us that music was what made Matt get out of bed in the morning. And mm-hmm. he also says, according to Matt's new girlfriend, Francesca, he was first and foremost a rockin' dude. So Dennis is using some kid jargon here. Yes. We enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. So it is confirmed these guys are all bandmates and they were all best friends uh-huh. as well. Right. And Matt was the drummer in the band, replete with no shirt. Mm-hmm. Because we are seeing home video of the band playing. Yeah. Can you think of any drummers off the top that wear no shirt? I mean, I think that's pretty common practice space attire. I can think of one. You can think of one? And I think i I mean, wrong. I can think of like Travis Barker is a shirtless drummer. Easy. Tommy Lee, also a shirtless drummer. Was Flea the drummer in Red Hot Chili Peppers? No, I'm sorry. But Big Cat, Chad Smith, uh, he's, the, he's the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Does he, he wear no shirt? Definitely wears no shirt. Great. Okay, so there's lots of drummers with no shirt. Yeah. Can I also ask you, this is a controversial question, and right. hilariously, I got sucked into a History of Led Zeppelin hole Okay. A week ago. Interesting. So I have 
read now multiple times that Bonzo, John Bonham, yes. is con- widely considered to be the best, and if not the best, in the top three best drummers of all time. He is easily... Would you like to give us a hot take? Uh, here's my <laughs> sizzling take. He's easily the most influential drummer, period, full stop, in believe modern rock and roll music. Everybody does his like stutter beats and stuff. Yeah. Some of his weirder time signature stuff just became like how drummers play, I think. Yeah, really? he's real, real influential. And was clearly incredibly important to Led Zeppelin as right. they stopped being Led Basically, Zeppelin. Basically, yes, exactly. When he unfortunately passed. Yeah. But do you have a favorite drummer? Mm. Like someone that stands out to oh, you boy. as being an amazing drummer. Yeah, it's so wide. No, I mean, I'll, I'll say Dale Grover for the Melvins. I like the, okay. He's always been my fave. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Come after Jake if you disagree. <laughs> I'm, I never said he's the best. I don't say anybody's the best. He's, but he's well, lots one of, of magazines said that John Bonham was the best. So. I, and I agree. I think he's easily the most influential. That is not an overstatement. Absolutely There we not. go. Yeah. And so Matt Landry probably watched him a fair amount and mm-hmm. listened to Cashmere over and over again, which why wouldn't you? Because that's a great song. But anyways, I love drummers. I'm just going to say that. I generally, every drummer I've ever met has a good disposition to me. I've mm-hmm. never met a drummer I didn't like. It's generally a part of bands that I think is really cool. And it's really fun to watch. I enjoy watching a good drummer go mm-hmm. nuts. Okay. Yeah. So according to Matt Landry's new girl, newish girlfriend, Francesca. The band played 200 beats per minute and up. And mm-hmm. Dennis confirms with her that the volume was indeed at 11 because, of course, Dennis loves Spinal Tap. And, of course, he was going to do that. And I right, love right. that. 200 beats per minute is equal to what band? I mean, I think... Two, is that speed metal? Not in 2009. I would could be metalcore... It's something death metal adjacent. It is. Okay. Yeah, uh, un- unquestionably. For those of you out there that didn't know, aside from being a Boy Scout and a hot air balloon, um, <laughs> knowledgeable human, Jake also is a real big music nerd. So yeah. he knows a lot, a lot. And so this is why we also chose this episode because right. it's a band. So, right, exactly. Now we meet Doreen and Bob, who are Matt's parents, who personally I love. Yeah, they're adorable. They were great. What a great set of parents. Who Matt still lives with at 21, so Mm -hmm. they must have been okay. Right. Because it looked like he had friends he could have gone and lived with, and he chose to live at home. He was the baby of the family. He had five older siblings. Mm -hmm. And Doreen, his mom, says that Matt was actually going to go to the Detroit Symphony with her, which was... Seemed very sweet. And she just seemed very tickled that her metalcore son was like, yeah, mom, I'll go with you. Yeah. Moving on. Dennis is now in a very fancy guitar shop. Some sort of, I don't, he's not in Guitar Center. Because I've never seen a Guitar Center look like that. But he tells us that we aren't here today to learn about Matt's rise to superstardom. We are here to learn about a nightmarish crime spree one weekend in August 2009 when Matt Landry actually disappears. Yeah. Do we think Dennis was in a band? Oh, definitely. You do? Yeah. He's like, oh, geezer rock? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like he's dating himself and being facing but Maybe he was in something like the, A Mighty Wind, more like a folk Interesting. group. Interesting. Where Could there be. was 
eight or nine of them. Could be. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's a Zappa guy. He looks like it could be a Zappa guy. You're right. You're totally right. Yep. Okay. Lots of speculation. Yeah. Yeah. Speculation abounds. Now we learn that the band only had one paid gig before this horrible event went down. A neighborhood block party. Was that shade? Is Dennis shading this band? I don't think so. I think lots of bands have no paid gigs. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say, especially in extreme music. Like, you play where they'll put you on until you catch on. You got to pay your dues. You got to play VFW halls and block parties and bachelor parties and all kinds of stuff. You just play where you play until... How do you How do you know so much about being in a band? Gee, I have no idea. Why don't you tell us about oh, the band no. that you were in, which is why we're doing this episode today. And we're oh, about geez. to get into some really okay. serious stuff. So we need to get this out in the open right now so people right. are aware of it. So the public knows. Right. You were in a band. Yes, I was in a band. Where? <laughs> in Connecticut. Called? We were called Electric Sex on Ice. And, and we you were, were? We were a disco band. And you were? I was the singer. I was the replacement singer. Just want to put that out there. Uh, How many paid gigs did you have? A decent amount. So Jake's Jake's legit. He has legit chops. Everyone's super impressed. <laughs> okay, now let's get into the seriousness of this. Okay. okay, we learned that they had this one block party gig, which we can barely hear the music. It I I don't know. We also learned that Francesca was Matt's first serious girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Dennis asked her what kind of rock she was into. She says the Doors and the Rolling Stones. And Dennis then calls it, quote, geezer rock. And yeah. she laughs and says, well, classic rock. Right. Sort of corrects him. I don't consider the Doors or the Stones geezer rock. I think is it because definitely. Mick Jagger is a geezer? Yeah, I think they definitely, I think the point is, is that He's drawing the distinction between the fact that she goes for this guy who's into this extreme underground stuff that's not played on the radio and you can't get it at record stores, etc. And she likes all of this really mainstream, you know, available stuff that that we all grow up on and learn as part of our musical education or whatever. And so I think that's what he's sort of talking about. I mean, it's clearly, Mm. you know, he's a sweet kid with responsibilities and attentive, etc. But genre wise, he's a bad boy, right? Yes. Okay. She's she a doesn't purist. Like the yeah, music, I get that, it. And I think that's part of the attraction. That was my guessing. Interesting. All right. Okay. So the Saturday in August that all this begins, Matt was actually delivering pizzas. He had some time to kill after his job was over, and until Francesca got off from her work at the restaurant. So this gets a little complicated right off the bat because. We jump very quickly to 2.55 a.m., early Sunday morning, late Saturday night. Matt's mom is kind of restless and looking out the window because I guess there's some thunder and lightning. And she spots Matt outside circling around his green Honda, which apparently at the time had this weird alarm glitch. So it made the alarm go off at just random intervals, which is my worst nightmare because it means you're driving and just drawing massive amounts of attention to yourself. The horns are the worst when it just starts honking your horn and it's three in the morning and you're like, please stop. Please. I've woken everyone. Please. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. So Matt, sure enough, starts to kind of lift the hood and the alarm starts. Right. The Yeah, the horn starts going. And so he really quick hops in the car and takes off down the street to get out of the neighborhood. But he's actually going to Francesca's. Again, this is three in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
I but they're twenty one. Right? Sure, yeah, that, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I right. don't know. He's got a car. It seems right, and she's probably working the late shift at the restaurant. She's oh, probably working yeah. until two a.m. closing down. That's a so good point. they have a bottle of wine at Francesca's, and Dennis says, and maybe a little more because the next morning she woke up pretty sick. I don't. I think she actually legit got sick. I have to say. It's mentioned several times that she had a fever. Uh-huh, right. You don't get a fever from really. being hungover. No. And hungover at 21 is very different. Do you know what I'm saying? True. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. So I appreciate it, Dennis, but I, I think it wasn't the party that we're imagining. No. But Matt was really sweet to her, and he played nurse, and he was getting her tea and checking her temperature and being really sweet. And Dennis said, he was showing you a tender side, huh? And I mean, he just, he seems like that guy. Uh-huh. I like drummers. I think he's really nice. Yeah. Later that afternoon, there's this family barbecue that he and Francesca are both supposed to be going to that his parents had planned. And so he's like, okay, she needs to sleep. I'm going to leave her here at the at her house to sleep. I'm going to run out and try to get some food really quick and do a, a few errands. Then I'll come back and wake her up in time to go to this family barbecue. But this is where our story begins, because mm-hmm. that does not happen. Right. Francesca wakes up at 5.45 in the evening, and she calls Matt, but there's no answer. And she's sick, so she dozes off, goes back to sleep, wakes up at 7.31, calls him again. Same thing, sort of dozes off, calls him again at 9.01, and there's still no answer. And now she's starting to panic, because not only is he not answering, but he always calls her back and he hasn't even returned her calls i mean right. it's a new relationship He's yeah eager to please her mm-hmm. so she starts immediately calling police and hospitals she's on it she's like nope something's wrong right. the bandmates also get really worried yeah, that he's gone mia because apparently they speak almost every hour on the hour they're those kind of friends yeah. they're just constantly in touch and one of them even gets in a car and drives around trying to figure out where do we think he drove this day because they can't they think maybe he went into a ditch mm-hmm. i don't know and they're in the suburbs of detroit michigan they're in chesterfield is where chesterfield. where he lives i got the names of the surrounding areas if you want them i appreciate it because we are going to be laying into that real heavy okay. in about half an hour yeah right so right, it becomes right. extremely important yeah. so chesterfield is where he lives yeah. in this suburb of detroit mm-hmm. so it's not really detroit proper yeah um, and it's the northeast i think the northeast suburbs of detroit Okay, everyone's worried about Matt because he's been missing for too long. This is very odd. So by 9 o'clock, Francesca is worried enough to just go ahead and call Matt's mom. Yeah. Which is not a phone call I would want to make Mm. as a 21-year-old new girlfriend who didn't know the mom that well. Uh, Not at all. That's not the call. But Doreen, Matt's mom, is super clever and knows that she might be able to track him using bank records. Yeah. She knows how to get in and track his ATM card. I'm guessing maybe they were all still on a similar account. Maybe. So she logs into his debit card purchases and sees three separate ATM withdrawals, specifically from a gas station. And the gas station is at Seven Mile Road East in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And this is really strange. Matt was making ATM withdrawals, by the way, with the $2 takeout fee, which is odd in the first place because Matt, I guess, was pretty frugal and smart about his money. Unless it was an emergency, he wouldn't be withdrawing money at a gas station, ATM, he would go to a bank. And also, this is not particularly a great area 
of Detroit. This is in the northeast part of Detroit, which is pretty run down. So why is he there literally withdrawing all the money from his account? And that would be appropriate. He's in a band. He was a pizza delivery guy. Yeah, 300 would be about right. Right. Yeah. And that would be good. Well, and I feel like they must have had like a $100 limit too, right? Absolutely. It's a gas station in 2009. Yeah, you're right. couldn't take out more. That makes sense. So that Sunday just comes to an end and there are no answers. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows anything. So by Monday morning, everyone is full panic mode. Matt's parents call the police and an officer comes out to the house. He says to them what we expect him to say because Matt is 21. Look, normally kids end up in just, we find them in a crack house and that's probably he just went off on a drug binge. I gotta say... I yeah. found that pretty tough. Really? Oh, they're just he's just probably in a crack house. That's not a normal thing you would say. I know maybe it's a Detroit thing. I'm just thinking my kid is missing. Where are they? The cops are like, Well, have you checked the trap houses yet? Girl. No, I haven't. Maybe this was one yeah. particularly yeah. sort of tough cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just speaking the truth. Right. And, yeah. Coming from a place of, like, I've seen it all and I've seen the worst. But you're talking about a suburban pizza delivery kid. That is totally true. Slow it it down there. Yeah. Uh, Hold up. Take take a seat, officer. Yeah, yeah. So the sad thing is that Doreen says at this point, look, I pray to God that you're right. Yeah. Because then at least we know where he is because she's got a really bad feeling. Meanwhile, in a small town, I... I don't know what a township is, but this is an area called Harrison Township. So it's another sort of Detroit suburb, right? Yep. Yeah. Harrison Township, which is a few miles south from Chesterfield, where Mm -hmm. Matt lived. This is at the same time that the cops at Matt's house in Chesterfield. This is happening in – this other event is happening in Harrison Township. We just don't know how it's connected yet. We see a yet unknown young blonde woman – walking into a bank to cash her first ever paycheck from working at a dog kennel. This is 19-year-old Sarah Maynard. As she's walking in, she notices a guy in sunglasses hanging out in front of the bank. And she feels kind of weird about it because he's watching her in a creepy way. He's given her bad vibes. She goes into the bank and he comes in really quickly behind her. And as she puts the check on the teller's counter he holds a gun to the back of her head and tells the teller you need to give me fifty thousand dollars or i will kill her that's the last job sarah will ever have sarah will never be making another paycheck because of this event because she's going to be very scared yeah excuse me do you offer direct deposit yeah okay then i'll take the job (laughs) it's really not great this is really traumatic your first ever paycheck your first time you're so excited you made whatever, $190, and uh-huh. you're like, I'm rich, I'm yeah. going to Taco Bell, right. I'm ordering all of the Mexican pizzas, yeah. and then you're done. That's it. There's like it's gun in good. the back of your head. It's not cool. It's really scary. The weirdest part is we have all the surveillance video of this actually right. happening, and it's pretty scary. Yeah. He's pushing that gun and holding the back of her neck, and she says it, it was so forceful that it almost pushed her down on the counter and we're watching it on the video as she's describing it it's really something Mm -hmm. so the teller tells the robber look i don't have that much money in my till and she gives him whatever is in her drawer 
So he runs around to other parts of the bank and is trying to gather money. It's very odd. He's going into the bank manager's office. Where are the employees in the bank? Well... Is it just this? Is everyone on lunch? No, I mean, who knows? I mean, that's a common issue, right? Is staffing at that type of place. I don't know. I've been into a bank in a while, but I do remember. Dang, where are the people who work here? I never saw one person in the video. Did you see anybody No, you really besides? don't. So I don't know if they're, beh- they're, you know, ducked down under desks. I don't know. But it does look pretty empty in there. Maybe he knew that. So may- maybe it was a morning shift thing. And yeah, maybe he exactly knew that. You know what? It was exactly at noon. We're told that later. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was lunch. And right. then so the managers were out. So and, they're understaffed. Yeah. So it's the best time to hit it, maybe. But he doesn't seem... Like he's doing a tremendous amount that's premeditated. He doesn't. So that's, I think it was lucky. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think he, I don't know. But maybe, I don't know. So when he comes back from gathering other places, he tells Sarah, hey, you're coming with me. And if you don't, I'll kill you. But Sarah, who is 19 and wise beyond her years and very, very brave, says no and sits down Mm -hmm. on the floor. And He tries to pull her up and take her, and she just refuses. She says, no, and she plants herself on the floor. And finally, he just gives up and takes off because he knows the tellers set the alarm. He knows they're coming any minute. Yeah, he is on a clock. Let me tell you right now, if someone tried to take my Bomba socks off me anywhere at any time, I would do the exact same thing. I would just sit on top of my feet and refuse to move. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options, like comfy performance styles made with sweat-wicking yarns, which means your feet stay cool while the rest of you works up a sweat, which is really super helpful if you are working up a sweat in your latest basement band experience. The Bombas Basement Band Experience, new band name, TM. Bombas no-show socks are designed for comfort while being specifically engineered to never fall down. So let your ankles be free to soak up the sunlight. And as we head into fall, why not pick up a pair or a four-pack of the Merino Wool Adventure Calf Socks? These are multi-seasonal breathable. They keep your feet dry and cozy at the same time. So keep your adventures outdoors and keep your feet in safe and perfect comfort. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. And Bombas underwear is so breathable and fits so well, it feels like you're wearing nothing at all in the very best way. And socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters. That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. So go to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout for 20% off Bombas dot com slash date dateline code date dateline. Bombas, 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 Bombas. Thanks so much, Bombas. Okay, so back to brave Sarah just getting held up at gunpoint trying to cash her first paycheck. 
Police confirmed that Sarah probably saved her own life by refusing to go with him. And we'll get into that more later. Rolling the dice. You are. Totally rolling the dice. It was the right move. It was. But it's really hard to do when you're I in I would be that scared situation. to do it, and you would be pretty much convinced that would be the last choice you had made. But Yeah, I think so. I know. It's like choosing between two bad options. Yeah, exactly it is. But she should be proud of herself. She said she just did it because she was scared. Right. But it, it does, it takes a lot to do that. Yeah. At 19, I don't know if I would have the... Yeah, I don't know. So now we meet Detective Scott Blackwell, who is from Chesterfield, where Matt Landry lives. Scott Blackwell tells Dennis that this bank robber really worried them. Bank robbers normally just quietly come in and pass a note and move on. Right. And this guy was violent. Mm-hmm. And a little, sh- I think, a little showy and really erratic. Right. Running around into the bank manager's office and stuff seemed to me... It was odd. You're it was on a clock. Choice. You have no idea what that clock is. You do not want to be in there for any longer than you have to be. He also did not avoid the cameras at, at all. all. He's got his disguise sunglasses on. Literally just sunglasses. And we will get to his outfit in Fashion Police mm-hmm. because I have things to say okay. about why. But it's fine. Yeah. Meanwhile, 24 hours have passed. So this is happening. All of this bank robbery stuff is happening on Monday. This is all happening on Monday. So we are now a full 24 hours of Matt Landry being missing. So the family, Francesca, the girlfriend, they're all able to file an actual missing persons report with the police. Yeah. But when Matt's mom, Doreen, and Francesca go down to the station... They tell them in Chesterfield they need to file the report from Francesca's jurisdiction. And Francesca lives in a suburb called Roseville. Thus beginning kind of this very problematic multi-jurisdictional police force operation that we're going to see unfold here that is pretty frustrating, in my opinion. It's all these little different districts to each suburb, to each pocket. Right. I have some comments about that. What? Well, in Los Angeles, that's a phenomenon because you have your Culver City police and then your L.A. police. So you have your West Hollywood police. And so what tends to happen, as Mm -hmm. you may or may not know, I'll tell you Mm -hmm. roughly where I live. I live in one of these weird neutral zones where there's a Culver City police jurisdiction on one side of the street and a Los Angeles uh, jurisdiction on the other side of the street. And what happens is... That's where all the wild stuff goes. That that's goes on. And there's a couple of streets, areas where they all don't police at all. And so you get a little bit of crime buildup in those. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what's happening on a suburban level here, where they have jurisdictional beefs. And so there's certain zones that don't get policed as well. I think you're totally right. I think that would be a really easy thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That sort of thing happens right now, except I think there's more happening in this case just because Doreen and Francesca pretty much just get the brush off from the police. They're just sending him to another. I think if they don't want to file a missing persons on a 21-year-old kid who's in a band. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean... I don't. I don't know. I think it's not. I not think it's sounded odd. like top shelf police work. Gonna gonna be honest. It's not great. Yeah. But Detective Blackwell, yes. who I like, yeah, 
believes Doreen from the jump. For sure. And she says, look, this is not Matt being holed up in some opium den. And right. he fully believes her. Yeah. And she shows him the ATM withdrawals. So the detective said, you know what? I'm going to, while we get this sorted of who's going to handle this missing persons case, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and check out those ATMs. Right. Now, whether Detective Blackwell was the same person that visited the house and said, we're going to find him in a crack house, maybe. I don't think it was. Yeah, who knows? I think we would have been told that, right. but it, it's fine. Regardless, Blackwell's on the case. Detective Blackwell goes to check out the ATM, which is at Sun- Sunoco. Do you know Sunoco gas Sure, stations? you don't know Sunoco? I do because they were in Pennsylvania. Okay, but gotcha. for all of our West Coast friends. Yeah. You may not know Sunoco. Interesting. I didn't know I didn't know them until I came out to the East Coast. Okay, gotcha. So he gets very lucky at the Sunoco gas station in this sort of rundown area of Detroit. Yeah. Because of a man named Moses Rahimi, who is the amazing gas station owner, Mm -hmm. who I loved and I would have loved to have a sit-down interview with Moses. Yeah. He's a good guy you can tell right away Mm -hmm. he had actually installed a brand new security camera system for the store three days before the card was used at the atm and he tells us that he went and got it at sam's club (laughs) i know and it was great and he specifically installs it because there is a blind spot on his atm on the ATM. So that he was, was like, I'm good. We're good. It's pin controlled. We don't need a camera on that. This case nope. would be done. And made sure that it was installed, even though his son was like, I want to go home for the day. He's like, no, we're staying here tonight and we're installing this camera system. All the yeah. stars aligned yeah, really. for this to happen, yeah. for this video. And what Detective Blackwell sees in this video really fills him with dread, Dennis says. Mm-hmm. Someone else is using the card, yeah. which we could have guessed was we coming, but it's knew. still, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So meanwhile, back in the burbs, back in Chesterfield, where Matt's band buddies are still searching for him, mm-hmm. they fan out across the city. They're putting up flyers. They're checking auto supply stores because they're thinking, look, maybe he came in here on errands to try to fix the alarm that kept going off mm-hmm. in the Honda. They're being very smart. Francesca's also on the hunt. She's even looking in dumpsters, right. which is very rough. But she's sort of working her way through Detroit and ends up in this not great area where on her way in, she sees just a gaggle of police cars. Yeah, I think I, if I saw a, a police But we setup, don't know what they're surrounding. So you don't know if they're surrounding a body. I Yeah, I get it. I get that. I think I'd probably park and walk up and figure out if I could help. What was going on? Yeah, or what if I I wanted to see what I was about to see. Yeah, if you're on the hunt, you're going to stop. So she, thank God she does, because what they are surrounding is indeed Matt's abandoned Honda Mm -hmm. with the broken alarm. Mm -hmm. So thanks to Francesca, she gets a policeman on the phone with Matt's mom and she's like, are you seeing anything in the car? And he says, well, there are a lot of maps in the car. And Doreen's like, okay, well, he's a pizza delivery guy. So, of course, there are maps in the car. And I didn't think that was important, but it actually becomes incredibly important right. a little later. It does, yeah. Okay. Also, the, this is all happening on the Tuesday after he's gone missing on the Sunday, right. remember? Right, So, also during this Tuesday... The press has gotten a hold of the story, and news outlets are starting to get the word out that he's missing. Mm -hmm. 
And so in this one particular newscast, we've got the same story of Matt Matt Landry, 21-year-old, missing drummer. And then followed quickly by, because it's in a a suburb very close by, the bank robbery Mm -hmm. that happened Mm -hmm. with Sarah being held up at gunpoint. So these are simultaneous cases because they happened literally days apart. Right. One day apart. Mm -hmm. And so there's one detective in Francesca's jurisdiction of Roseville. And his name is Lieutenant Ray Blarick. Okay. Lieutenant Blarick happened to catch that story on the news that night, which becomes very important in putting together this story. And he has a little Ron Swanson in him, or a lot of Ron Swanson in him. It's hard to tell, but he has a very thick... Yeah, he does. Yeah. Very full, very well-maintained upper lip stash mm-hmm. and i would call it impressive i would say it's a nine out of ten you think it was really good thick and wide and well manicured mm-hmm. it was good i think he's proud of it he should be yeah and i think that if he ever shaved it you wouldn't know who he was oh it would look completely different yeah yeah, yeah. he would be a different yeah. he would be a different man so this same day all this tuesday mm-hmm. this is all still that same tuesday a call comes in to this mustachio detective or Lieutenant Blarick, that there is a carjacking at a Walmart down the street. So he heads out to go check it out with his cop friends. And when they get to the Walmart parking lot, also if you have Walmart on your bingo cards, you can mark it off. There you go. The red Honda Civic that was attempting to be carjacked is still in the parking lot. Apparently, the driver is held up at gunpoint and attempted the carjacking this gunman did. But when he gets in the car and tries to drive away, he can't. Why can't he drive away, Jake? Well, he can't drive a stick. Wow. Yeah. Dennis seems delighted by the fact that he couldn't drive a stick. In Detroit, you can't drive a stick. That seems wrong. Can you drive a stick? I can kind of drive a stick. I have driven a stick. Have you? Can you drive a stick? I can't. Oh, you can't? No, and I think about it all the time. I mean, it's time. been 20 years probably since I drove a manual, but I would buy a manual and I would be fine with it. I feel like I need to learn because if there's ever an emergency, I need to be able to get away. Right. And drive a stick. Right. I need to know the basics. I think everyone should know the basics. Yeah. When you learn how to drive a car, I feel like they should just teach you, okay, here's how the basics of a stick shift. Right. right. I mean, I do kind of agree, but then again, people go their whole lives with not having to worry about it mostly. Well, I mean, the only way you're going to do it is if you buy a car that has a manual transmission. That's the only way it's going to happen. Oliver has a car with a manual Well, there you go. You got one in the house. You got, yeah. And I'm assuming Ollie knows how to drive a stick, so you should. Let's hope so, because he drives it to work every day. Definitely so get, get a couple of, couple of Walmart parking lot lessons from, from Ollie. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to do that. Yeah. But also, how this person couldn't tell that it was a stick shift when they were carjacking the car, this is not great. So. Well, maybe there was a deep tint on the windows, so you can't tell by looking in. And this guy does seem, have we noticed he tends to favor slightly Hondas? older Hondas? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, maybe it's just what that person knows. Like, I can drive a Honda. You don't think it was an accident? No, I don't think so. No, you're scoping for, you're, literally all that dude is doing, if you're trying to carjack, you're trying to figure out who's a good. Which car. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. they made a very conscious decision to go for the red. To go for the Honda. Honda. With stick, yeah. I also probably wouldn't go for a red car if I was carjacking a car. Nor would but that's, I. That's fine. There's a few decisions made here that are curious. Yeah. So speaking of, 
While on the scene, Lieutenant Blarick sees a really nervous-looking guy. He's kind of shifty. He's sort of at the outskirts and appears to be wearing uh, some sort of an Afro wig. Right. Is it cultural appropriation? Probably. The bane of my existence as a former, as a as somebody who was at the at the beginning of the disco revival. I hate Afro wigs so 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 much. This guy didn't. He loved them. Yeah. They were his favorite, and he thought it was a great disguise. It's probably the worst disguise I've ever heard. It's pretty terrible. I've got my sunglasses and my Afro wig. I'm fine. They'll not recognize me. And you're shifting, and you're shifting around. (laughs) Yeah. No one's going to know. So he starts to run from the scene, which also is a little shady. And so obviously they all start chasing him. The chase is on. Lieutenant Blarick is running after Mm -hmm. him. And (laughs) Dennis at this point says, the Jimi Hendrix wig falls to the ground as he starts to run. And I loved that. Yeah. That is exactly what that was. Yeah. He went into that Walmart and bought a Jimi Hendrix wig. Yeah. You, there had to be other options. I mean. Why would you choose that wig? Maybe it looked natural. No. And you know why? That's all I could think of. You know why it doesn't look natural? Because we get about 5,000 close-up shots of the wig right now. They zoom in on the wig. And I don't know if this was B-roll or actual footage. I really couldn't tell. I wondered myself, yeah. Because you know they also make extra large size. Mm -hmm. For the larger heads. No, no, no. I mean more hair. Oh, oh, I see. So I mean you can buy a 4-inch or a 8 inch. Right. I mean right, they're right. really intense. Okay, that's I thought it was a one length. No. Type of it situation. Is, it's not okay. that. No. No. Wig companies are really going for it. So, not only does he the wig fall off his head while he's running, he also tosses his gun away. Nobody can see him do that. But at least he doesn't try to shoot the cops. Yeah. There's, there's that. So they take him down with this crazy taser gun with electrical charges that I thought was only in the movies. But boy, it wasn't. And they yeah. show us how it works. And it's these little electrodes coming out of the gun. They go, Zzz. it was kind of wild looking. Mm-hmm. So as the runner gets up, as this carjacker looks up, Lieutenant Blarick recognizes him right away as the bank robber that he had seen on the news. Right. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Look, I know Halloween wigs may seem like a good idea for a good disguise or just a good way to maybe zhuzh up the hair that you weren't given from birth. But mm-hmm. I know a little company that can help with some of the most important hair woes that are plaguing us. And a wig is not the answer. Pros is. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of pros, the world's most personalized hair care. And for those of you that haven't, I want to tell you about the incredible results I'm seeing since using my customized Pros products. Since I started using Pros, my hair has never been easier to deal with. Before, my hair felt like I was constantly fighting to brush out a bad wig. But my hair is so much smoother and calmer after I get out of the shower. I notice it's stronger too, and it doesn't break off like it used to. I am seeing less of that breakage in my hairbrush. I am currently using the Pros shampoo and conditioner that was specially formulated for my hair. I use a pre-shampoo treatment once or twice a week to keep that breakage at bay, and then I use hair oil on my in-between days to keep my ends from drying out and making the whole, whole thing shine like a disco ball. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type, and that's why they have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is 
how I got started. They ask you pertinent questions to determine your hair needs, like your zip code, your eating habits, and of course, your damage level. You can also pick what scents you like in your products, and I have never picked a scent from pros I didn't like. It makes the business of washing your hair so much nicer when it smells like you are in a spa or in a field of, I don't know, relaxing flowers. It's just so nice. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. And Pros also has a review and refine feature. So it lets me tweak my formulas for any reason, like change of address, change of hair color, or my diet. For example, I was able to adjust my formula for platinum hair, which kept my products tinted violet, which was super helpful in keeping brassy away. I loved it. As a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon-neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. So what are you waiting for? Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. This fall, it's time to strike a prose. Pros, 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 pros. Thank you, pros. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I know that when I get stuck with an issue in my life that I can't change, it's really easy to just say, oh, this is all bad. Everything here is wrong. It's never going to get any better. And all of my ideas to get out of this are no good. But that's not a healthy way to look at a challenging issue. That kind of thinking doesn't really allow for solutions. And I know that in the past, when I have found solutions to issues, it's such a great feeling. And one thing that can help you and me become a better problem solver is therapy. Look, there are lots of reasons that people try therapy for the first time. Sure, it can definitely be a major life-shifting event that brings you to it, but it can also be small or just a whole lot of small. If you are like me, a lot of small can feel huge very, very quickly. And I know that therapy helps me feel less stressed, problem solve effectively in my own brain, and helps with anxiety on the small things so that when big things come, I am better equipped to handle them. It doesn't matter what inspires you to try therapy. It's what you get out of it that counts and can really improve your life. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Dateline today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Dateline, because we could all use a little better help. Thanks so much, BetterHelp. So Lieutenant Blarick is starting to put all the pieces of the puzzle together here. Matt Landry, the bank robbery, the car hijacking in the Walmart parking lot, and Matt's abandoned car that had now been found. So he calls the jurisdiction where Matt's car had been towed and says, hey, 
Can you check inside the car and see if there's anything that at all could be associated with this bank robbery that happened in Harrison Township? Dennis is now in the actual police garage with Matt Landry's actual car, which is also a Dateline rarity. That doesn't often happen that he's with the actual car. And he tells us that the maps are going to come into play. The maps that I really didn't think were that important are extremely important now because on one of the maps, there's a literal X marking the Flagstar Bank that Sarah had been robbed in. Wow. This is a very weird criminal. I got to be honest. It's very strange. He's very, again, he's very violent, erratic, and not smart. But there's some planning. I'll tell you what I thought at this point. Okay. I was, my first thought was when all this sort of happened is he's young. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because this seems like someone whose brain is not kind of getting there but you're just not a great criminal yet Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah so now lieutenant blarick knows that all of this is related when he hears about the map and he and a partner head down to the area where matt's car was found to see if they can actually find matt because it's in this area where there are a bunch of abandoned houses I'm guessing a lot of drug activity. It's not, again, it's not a great area. And Dennis asks a really tough question, which is, were you looking for a body or were you hoping to find Matt tied up and bound in one of these abandoned houses? And Blarick says, I don't know, but we were really hoping to find him alive. Stay tuned. And so the cops weren't the only ones coming down to this kind of sketchy part of town. Two friends of Matt's dad were also searching the abandoned houses. Now, these guys are heroes, right? Right. Full dad core, good guys. Completely. Coming down. Yeah, not advisable at all what they're doing. Like, no. real, real bad idea. At night. At they're, night? Yeah, they're just coming down in their chinos to be yeah. like, hey, we're gonna, we're just going to poke around. But also, I guess, like, at a certain point, you're like, we're going to do this for our boy. I know? get it. I get it. But it's just those houses are dangerous. Yeah. Straight up. No joke. You don't yeah. know what you're going to find. You don't know no what you're going to step on. No you don't know idea. what's going on. There's a and m- so, litany of things that can hurt you in there. So then they also go to check out the Sunoco gas station to see if maybe they'll show them the ATM video. Uh-huh. And sure enough, the amazing owner shows mm-hmm. it to him. Right. And as they're watching it, the clerk at the gas station who has watched the news stories on the bank robbery and on Matt Landry says, hey, this guy on the ATM video is the same one that robbed the bank. So all of it's coming together. It's the same person, same stupid sunglasses in both videos Mm -hmm. and same blinding white T-shirt. It's a pro club blank from the gas station usually why would you wear that it's because you your t-shirt got messed up and you need a t-shirt and they have one there for 3.99 but it's 3xl so that's what you buy do you know what i mean maybe you take a xl but the gas station has a three as a one for 3.99 and that's what they have and it'll fit you so you buy it is that real it is real white Usually white or black because the the people who are ordering the clothing for the liquor Gas store station. don't really want to think about it that hard. So they'll give me like they'll be like, give me five black t shirts and five white t shirts. Those always sell, and that you could see them. They're always clothes pinned behind on the register and stuff. Pretty frequently, you'll find them there. 
Sometimes they're in a bit. Literally, the two convenience stores near my house sell Pro Club blanks just in case something happens to your T-shirt out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah I understand. Okay. I still don't understand why you wouldn't pick black. It's the white yeah, I don't that think, got Yeah, me. I don't think you get a lot of choice. I think you get a tremendous amount of choice, but I think, yeah, black or white, but maybe they didn't have black. The white that's... really, it got to me. Yeah. So even better that the clerk can recognize that the guy from the bank robbery video that he's watching on TV and the guy in the ATM video is the same. He actually knows who he is. Right. He knows him from the neighborhood. He's a local guy. He's known to be in a gang. He's also known to be a pretty violent thief. Uh huh. And this punk, I'm going to call him a punk. <laughs> You're going to punk this, your pocket this, this punk street name is IHOP. And yes. this is when I was very sad that Kimberly's not with us for this episode because yeah. Kimberly loves a, an IHOP reference. Um, really? Na- yeah, she does. She's great. She's sad. I'm sorry. So Lieutenant Blarick has IHOP currently in custody for the Walmart carjacking. Yes. So this is all the same person. This is all IHOP's doing. That is the worst street name I've ever heard. It's ever IHOP. Yes, it's pretty bad. His nicknames are not complimentary. You you know what I mean? Sometimes you get stuck with a nickname that's kind of a diss, and that's just how it is. You sort of hope you don't. But, but if your nickname is IHOP, you're not moving up the ranks because no one's going to answer. I feel like yes. you're always going to be bottom rung totem pole in the gang because no one is going to respect you if your name is IHOP. All I have to say is WeeBay. That's all I have to say. Who's Weebay? Weebay is one of the main dudes in The Wire. <laughs> He's a high up in the operation guy. Weebay uh, sounds better than IHOP. Is, really? I always thought Weebay was pretty weird. Is it kind of like eBay? I don't get it. They sell small things? I don't know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, but they never. I don't think they ever explain the origin of Weebay's names. I'm just saying, sometimes street names are just wild. Yeah, this was a wild one. Yeah. So we're finally out of Tuesday, by the way. This all happened on on Tuesday. Now we're in early Wednesday morning. After mm-hmm. a long night of searching in Detroit, the lieutenant and his partner devise a good inter- interview strategy to go after IHOP. They're going to pour the syrup on thick. Sorry. Larrick was going to sit there and say nothing while his partner did rapid fire questions. So right. he's just going to sit there and be creepy. Also, I believe they did this at around three in the morning. Yeah. Which seems like a very smart interview technique to get him when he's tired, maybe. Well, sidebar, because we think? probably can't talk about this because it's drugs. But I think IHOP was probably high and it's been 13 14 hours so he's probably not so high on meth anymore you know what i mean and i think they're probably aware of the fact that some of his bravado is coming from his drug use so you know it probably takes longer to break somebody who's high interesting yeah so I don't okay know. there is some stuff that i cut out of this recap about the family going down and demanding that he be interviewed which was right. really confusing to me because he was only taken into custody tuesday afternoon so right I think they were anxious that he get immediately interviewed but i right. think that it also that makes sense because time is of the essence if matt yeah. is missing they think yeah. he could be in danger right they or, want to yeah. get him they want to find out his location immediately mm-hmm. but unfortunately 
Blarick, who's going to be the one interviewing him, is out searching for Matt. So there's right. no one there. It seems like a lot of, again, crossed wires where it's they don't Definitely. know who's got who. It's three different jurisdictions at yeah. this point yeah. where all these different things have taken place. The carjacking and the bank robbery and Matt going missing. So it's hard. But they did seem very, very anxious that he be interviewed at once. But your explanation, which I'm absolutely leaving in because I think it makes sense uh-huh. that they also weren't that worried about interviewing him immediately when he got in because he could have indeed been high. Yeah. He could have been. That could That's be just it. all of the all the behavior sounds like high behavior. It's that could be me, it. And they wouldn't me. they maybe wouldn't necessarily leave that in the dateline or tell us. Right. So right. this yeah, is all speculation. Totally we don't know. Speculation. But I always think it's drugs, so I'm happy to hear you think that it I might mean be that. it's there's a lot of drugs out there. There's a lot of drugs out there. And they yeah. cost money. So that's a real good motivation for robberies and stuff. It's, yeah. Okay. So Blarick is going to sit and say nothing while his partner does rapid fire questions, but IHOP is not giving up the bacon. So the lieutenant (laughs) pulls out a picture of Matt Landry from his notebook. Yes. Just real still holds it up and says, we found him, which is really good. Mm Mm-hmm. And IHOP's reaction is, quote, this is what Blarick says, he saw a ghost. He saw a ghost. Right. And he still doesn't give up any info about Matt. He looks really freaked out, but mm-hmm. he doesn't say anything. Now, Dennis is an amateur gumshoe who probably should have been an actual gumshoe. So he right. gets real excited about the nuts and bolts of this interrogation. So he says, what's it like? What's it like when you're right in there with the guy? And what do you see in his eyes? And Blarick says, IHOP is just a heartless, cold person. He's in the top five of coldest criminals he'd ever dealt with, which is saying a lot. Sure. Mm -hmm. So by this point, because we hear a little bit about the family going to the police station to insist that they interview IHOP. We have met Matt's sister, Gina, but Gina becomes very important right now because she is sort of leading the online brigade to find out any information about Matt, if anybody knows anything. And she receives a really important message from an old high school friend who tells her, hey, my mom and dad actually witnessed a carjacking a few days Mm -hmm. ago. Now, don't get confused. This is not in a Walmart parking lot. This is in a totally separate town. And the carjacking was of a green Honda. Yes. So now we are in yet another small jurisdiction nearby East Point. So in this jurisdiction, East Point, a call had been made to 911 about what someone witnessing an actual robbery happening in a parking lot behind Quiznos. For those of you who don't know, Quiznos is a sub shop that sells toasted subs. That was their claim to fame, I believe, was that they were toasted. Yeah, I think that was their gimmick or whatever, their hook. They were hot for a minute. Are they still around? Well, they were really hot because they were toasted. Ha ha ha. I liked Quiznos a Mm -hmm. lot. Regardless, there's a robbery going on in the parking lot. Let's focus. Doreen. Okay. Matt's mom. Yes. Was really sick when her daughter says that mm-hmm. something happened in a Quizno. Somebody saw a green Honda getting carjacked. Yeah. Because she saw on Matt's bank statements that the last time the ATM card was used before the three withdrawals from the Sunoco gas station was at Quiznos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the 911 call, we actually get to hear it. 
and the guy is sort of freaking out on the phone. He's like, no, they're they're beating him up. They're they're putting him in the trunk. You've got to hurry. You've got to hurry, which is horrible because I can't imagine being in that situation. You want to help, but you're witnessing something that's scary. I don't know. I would throw a rock. Yeah, I would probably try to throw something, right? Or just drive up really fast in my car, try to right. scare them off. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the layout of the Or just start lot, yelling. You know? Because if you're far enough yeah. away, yeah. they might not be able to shoot you. So just yell and duck so right. that they know someone's watching them. Right. That yeah. might be good. Or I'm calling the police very yeah. clear to try to get them to knock it off. If you mm-hmm. were worried, I don't know. I would call in a robbery at the Quiznos. Oh, you think that that would be faster? Yeah, I would say there's a stick-up going on at the Quiznos. I'm seeing the, yeah, I'm looking in there, and there's somebody holding up the register. Or would fire be faster to respond? No, I think the police would be, and then I would also give them the the uh, the description of the car. Their getaway vehicle looks like it's a green Honda, blah, blah, blah. I bet you they put an APB out on that right away. But the thing is, he did say what the make and the model of the car was. The problem here... That's what he said. He said he's a carjacking. That's my point, is that it's an individual thing. He doesn't... So they don't take it seriously the same way they would with an a, with a, with a stick-up. I'm telling you, they would put it on APB on a, on a car that drove away from a robbery. It's just how it works. I'm pretty sure. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think they would, though. I think because they have everything they need, whereas they're going to send a detective down to look at what happened at this Quiznos. It's not the kind of response you want. You know, you want the first responder type cops. No, that makes sense. Okay. I don't know. That's my theory anyway. No, that's a good theory. I get, But I guess I just, I still feel like... At this point, this is a jurisdiction to jurisdiction problem Absolutely. where the green Honda was mentioned in a 911 call is, and we're not right. putting it. But I mean, and nobody clicks together that, hey, well, Jeepers, there was a, a carjacking last night of a green Honda called in. You know what I mean? That's pretty terrible jurisdictional cooperation. It's not great. Yeah. Also, at this point, it's also a matter of maybe 24 hours between right. the carjacking and then when he's... A- this isn't a long time. No, I feel like if not. this was a longer stretch, unfortunately, with a missing person, you have to go quick. And so I think... It's, yeah. It's, un- the, it's an unfortunate series of events. It is, really. The other thing that I thought about is why did the alarm not go off during the carjacking? Right? That's a cruelty. I wish that if he knew how to trigger it or what did it, because your horn starts honking, how keen are those guys to stick around and take that car of all cars? 100%. My gosh, gosh. you're totally right. Okay. So this three-day crime spree from Sunday until now Wednesday starts at the Quiznos parking lot in East Point on Sunday, then right. 10 miles away to the Flagstar Bank in Harrison Township on Monday afternoon. Yes. Then back eight miles to the Walmart in Roseville mm-hmm. midday on Tuesday. Right. So all different jurisdictions. I don't think that IHOP is smart enough to do that on purpose. I think this is a random series of places. I have a big question about this. What does he need why does he need to keep hitting people? I don't know. The haul from the bank was probably at least five figures, right? No. You don't think the haul from the bank was, was at least Oh, ten, five figures? Yeah, was at least 10 grand. Why is he hitting no, so I many? No, I don't think yeah. they keep that much in their drawer. I think they maybe you keep- You don't think so? Okay. Five or 6,000? Okay, maybe so. 
I don't, I can't Google that because people are going to think I'm going to rob a bank. <laughs> right, but exactly. You understand? How much, what denominations do they keep you in have the to cash say, drawer? How much does the teller keep at the register for research? That's what yeah. Kimberly and our okay. thing is. Or for spec script. Yeah, That's gotcha. What you, have to, you have to do. Is that the case? Qualifiers. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, if, you keep, I mean, if you run a crime adjacent podcast, you're going to do some weird web searches on some weird things. That right? is true. So maybe we shouldn't be so paranoid. Yeah. I'm still going to be paranoid. We're not it's big enough still, yet. still, yeah. So all of this looks really bad for Matt. It does not bode well. But at least now, after after they figured out the green, the green Honda was hijacked from the Quiznos, they yeah. confirmed that Matt was there. They have the 911 call. All of these different jurisdictions are now finally searching together with one goal in mind, and that is to find Matt Landry. Yeah. You've got 15 officers, including the Detroit gang unit, knocking on doors on Thursday, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out where he is. Is he in one of these apparently thousands Mm -hmm. of abandoned houses in Northeast Detroit? Balearic and his partner are even back at it after getting nothing out of IHOP. Uh, and this is an interesting story. So Blarick is coming out of one of the houses that they were searching, and he sees a penny on the ground, and it's heads up. So he picks it up because you're only supposed to pick a penny up if it's heads up. And Dennis says, oh, your luck had turned. And Blarick says, yeah, this was going to be it. And I thought he had tears in his eyes when he said it. This is, this is a hard job. Yeah, it is. So him and his partner go for a short little drive, and they stop at this house. And it's the first house they're checking after he finds the penny. And sure enough, there's this little footpath up to the front door like someone had been there. And then he peeks inside and sees a pair of flip-flops. And then he sees a body. Mm-hmm. It is not immediately recognizable. So Detective Blackwell, remember him? He was the one who had right. been really nice to the family. Yes. He drives in to identify the body, and he knows right away that this is Matt Landry. Yeah. The body has a single gunshot wound to the head, and it's so sad. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching this, I really actually hoped it, maybe he survived. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like they did such a good job of like animating him through the yeah. backstory that I was like, well, maybe this one will turn out. But that I kept remembering, what are you watching? You kind of know how. But sometimes it does. Yeah. It's just rare. Okay, I know. It's so rare. But yeah, I hoped. But I there was a point in the episode where my optimism kind of faded when they start talking about how the woman in the bank saved her own life by not going with them. <gasps> oh, you got it I feel early. like they sort of tip their hand pretty early that this isn't going to turn out so great for Matt, unfortunately. It's really rough. I really feel bad for the Landry family. Mm-hmm. We get some unbelievably sad moments from Doreen, especially, yeah, for who sure. speaks very clearly and poignantly about what it feels like to lose her son. Mm-hmm. And um, so just be aware if you watch the episode, this is there is some serious grief in the episode. Yeah. No matter how incredible the story, it like incredible meaning complicated. I mean, this is a very wild case yeah but the result is just it's so incredibly unfair and incredibly sad because they did do a really good job of paint of showing matt in i don't think they had to try hard to show him in a good no they didn't i think he was a good guy yeah yeah exactly so it's such a it's such a horrible thing and we go to commercial now and then when we come back 
Dennis gets to hear some song lyrics from Francisca, who uh-huh. had sort of taken away, away, away. My oh, you knew this song. You knew this song. took her away from me. Isn't that it? Oh, it's is a Pearl Jam song, but I don't know the it's one. It's a Pearl Jam cover of an oldie. Oh, is it? Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know their stuff that great. I lost my I lost my love, my life that night. It's an oldie that uh-huh. Pearl Jam covered. And yeah. she wrote sort of new lyrics to it. And then right. at this point, the band... The guys with the guitars, yes. the threesome, play a little bit. Right. And I was very pleasantly surprised that they sounded pretty good. Right. I was not surprised at all. I knew that they would be. You, you know, you, you can't really fake extreme metal. No, you have to be a good guitarist, uh, right? Yeah, or good everything. You have to be good at everything. It will sound immediately off if somebody mm-hmm. can't play and f- four other people can. It will sound terrible. I see you. I was going to say, they weren't props. They brought them because they wanted to play. And I'm glad they got to because yeah. they, they had chops. Yeah, they yeah, did. It was yeah. good stuff. So we find out IHOP's real name at this point. Yes. And we find out why he's called IHOP. Right. Because his name is Ihab Maslamani. Yes. It's, an, it's a Libyan name mm-hmm. and it's spelled I-H-A-B. So yeah, it's just... A, yeah, it's like an Americanization... That, oh, that sounds like IHOP. Right. Yeah. Um, and we also find out that he is 17 freaking years old. Yeah. And now this gets even sadder. Right. So we meet Ehab's defense attorney mm-hmm. who tells Dennis that he is trying to give him the fairest trial he can get. He's a good defense attorney because he says he's very, very careful mm-hmm. not to say that his client committed the bank robbery right. or the attempted carjacking in the Walmart parking lot. Right. However, there is a very strong case against him in both of those Mm -hmm. matters. Sure. But Dennis is right in suggesting that Ehab might actually have a shot in getting off for the homicide of Matt. There is not a bullet. There is not a gun found at the dilapidated house where Matt's body was found. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was a little confusing. I don't know if a bullet or gun wasn't found or or a bullet or gun wasn't found that matched the one thrown away at the right. Walmart. Presumably, they would do ballistics tests on the, the bullet. They would either recreate the slug that killed Matt and then fire the other weapon and do a match that way, presumably. But, but the question was, was the bullet found at the scene? think they can still... It's a confusing wording. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm almost positive it wasn't the way it sounded, but I think they may still be able to... To match... To match it based on, like... Based on the wound or something like that. patterns, yeah. I don't know. So we know that it doesn't match the gun that was thrown away while he was running in the Hendrix wake. We know that. So the question was, was he working alone when the carjacking and kidnapping of Matt happened. And we're pretty sure he wasn't because we know there are two assailants at Quiznos because of what the person on the 911 call is saying. He keeps saying, they are hitting him. They are doing this. You've got to come. They're going to kill him. It's very specific. Mm -hmm. So one of the bandmates at this point reveals he's the bearded one in the middle. He Mm -hmm. tells us that he is 6'6". 
and 280 pounds. Yeah. And I was shocked. Right. <laughs> because 6'6 six, six is really tall. It's really, really tall. And he doesn't look 6'6 six, six no. sitting there. But he also says that Matt was in really good shape and could right. take me out, yeah. is what he says. So he knows the only way Matt was taken was with multiple guys. Right. We also know that because Ehab is a little, he's little. Right? He is. I mean, I don't necessarily know, but you see Matt's physique a couple of times in the B-roll. Because he's shirtless. He's pretty playing ripped. The drums. He's also he's shirtless ripped. a couple other times. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, on a lawn chair at one point. We see yeah. he's got lots of muscles. But also, we see Ehab compared to Sarah in oh, the okay. robbery. Right. And he's, he's like maybe a couple inches taller than right, her, right. if that. I mean, so we're looking at maybe five, nine, I would say. For sure. Yeah. So you're, you're right. He's not, uh, you know, a particularly imposing figure. But if he's showing a gun. Yeah. And that, acting that, twitchy. Yeah. You know. uh, that would freak you yeah, out. Yeah, totally. Anyways, the bandmate says it had to be multiple guys. Right. So the cops continue to look for this accomplice that helped Ehab in in the specifically the carjacking. So for the murders, what they're mm-hmm. looking at him for. Right. And Dennis says sources were squeezed on the street. I love Dennis is a gumshoe. <laughs> Let's not forget. And I mean, he's not wrong. That's exactly what they did. No, they did. They it's squeezed just, their uh, drug sources. It's some sixties terminology, but yeah. Dennis is a champion of my heart. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. terms like that that make me. I'm I very totally fun. get so it. So they say that the sources that were squeezed yeah. tell the cops that the person that they are looking for is Robert Fat Daddy Taylor. Yes. Fat Daddy's a much better name than IHOP. Yes. 100%. And also, Robert is 16 years old. Right. Again, broken heart. It's. Boy. Boy, that's rough. Yeah. Boy, that's rough. So they find Robert Fat Daddy Taylor after, which also sounds like a 1920s. You're looking for Robert. Robert Fat Daddy Taylor. Yeah, it really does. It's it's a retro It's full Bugsy Malone. It's a Bugsy Malone name. Fat Sam's Grand Slam. That's what it is. (laughs) So they find him. They smoke him out without, that's a bad play on words but yeah they they pretty much shut down the drug yeah, trade they just in this shut it part down. of detroit because mm-hmm. they're they're it's just crawling with cops looking for him yeah they turn up the heat yeah basically so what they think happened here what the cops think happened is that the two guys were for some reason were going to east point to do a drug deal and the kidnap and the carjack of matt was Completely and totally random. Right. It was literally wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Matt was not involved in this drug deal, right. unless we needed to be clearer. He had nothing to do with this. Right. He just happened to be there. Mm-hmm. So Ehab right. pleads not guilty somehow, but is found guilty and gets life in prison without parole. And Robert Fat Daddy Taylor also gets life without parole. Now, I don't know how old they were when they were charged. So this is a whole other question. I am repeating what Dateline said, right. so this may have changed in the meantime. But that's that was their sentences. So Detective Blackwell gives some very important advice to anyone who's ever in this situation. Yeah. And I don't believe this is a slight on Matt because he didn't do this. I want to be really clear about right. this. Right. This is an impossible situation that you're in. And it's what you said earlier. You're picking between two incredibly exactly. bad things. But they say at no point, Absolutely, at no point should you allow someone to take you from point A to point B. If you are in this situation, yeah. you you fight like the Dickens. Yeah. 
or like Sarah, you sit down. You just right. plank. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, don't don't leave. Don't do it. Yeah, you have no control at that point. Right. It is good advice, but it's very hard to do in the moment. So I don't blame Incredible Matt. equation to have to make. Right now, we get a very poignant moment with Doreen, Matt's mom, who tells, who goes to the public with a mission after all this. She's very clearly on a mission with a call to action to the mayor of Detroit to say, we need to get rid of the thousands of yeah. abandoned houses in Northeast. And that is 100% valid thing to demand from your government. Yeah. That is nothing good will come from abandoned houses. No, and not thousands of them. So Dennis says, raise them. I liked that. Yeah. And yeah, flatten them to the ground. And in 2010, according to Dennis, the mayor starts actually doing that project. The house where Matt's body was found is now gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there's lots of implications about this socio-economical, political, sure. I understand yeah. we are 12 years on from this story now. So mm -hmm. just know I am reporting this exactly as Dateline is telling us it. And so this is not a comment on whether that is good or bad. This is right. what Dateline told us is happening. Right. And I'm sure there are all sorts of other problems surrounding this. Of course. This is just yeah, completely. the story. Yeah. So don't come at us. <laughs> about this i'm just saying this is what happened sure. in the dateline story i don't know what's happening now okay now at matt's funeral is probably the sweetest part of the episode which is matt mm -hmm. was a drummer as we said but he had been playing the guitar a bit and doreen says that he would sort of do a little bit of stairway to heaven then learn a little bit more then learn a little bit more which i feel like is known as sort of a song that people learning to play the guitar it's the rite of passage well right? it's more than that. it's also one of the forbidden songs you can't play in the guitar store if you come in there playing well that's Stairway, in wayne's world yeah <laughs> yeah it is actually in wayne's world but it's a thing there's a handful of common licks you'll play if you're like i want to play this guitar uh fade to black is wish you were here one of those by pink floyd probably yeah it could be okay. i think it very much could be yeah i think that is i'm trying to think of a pink floyd song but that's the one that starts with solo acoustic. So yeah, goes, probably. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, they play "Stairway to Heaven." Yes. Doreen asked the priest to do it at the to get yeah. someone into play. She said, "I know it's unorthodox," and she said it was beautiful, and Matt would have loved it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I would not be doing my job as a teeny tiny sliver of a music nerd to tell everyone that if you are considering listening to "Stairway to Heaven" after this podcast or stopping the podcast right now and going to listen to it you actually must google the kennedy center honors tribute to led zeppelin where led zeppelin the remaining members watch heart the band the sisters perform stairway to heaven mm, okay. in the most epic building version of the song it is incredible replete with choir on the final build in the song oh geez I've watched it about a thousand times. I also love it, how the band reacts to it. Uh -huh. They loved it, and they sort of famously hate that song. So it's very cool. So go watch it. Also in the Kennedy Center honors Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son plays yeah. the drums. Gotcha. Okay. I got on a thing. I watched a lot about Zeppelin. Okay, okay that's so good. Zeppelin's great. Good for you. Like Zeppelin, Zeppelin is, a, is, is a great band. It's such a terrific yeah. band. B-roll Bonanza, it's time. We get a lot of the band footage. Yeah. 
Was that anything like how you used to rehearse back in the Electric Sex on Ice days? Well, we were a garage band, 100%. We played in Oppie's garage, and, you know, it was kind of remote. Did you say you played in Hoppy's garage? Is that short for IHOP? Oppie. Is that short for IHOP? It's for Oppenheimer. Oh, that makes sense. Did you have a nickname in the band? No. Well, I mean, my name was Lynn Terry. That was my persona. Yeah. That's the question, and you tried to dodge it, Lynn. (laughs) No, I didn't have a nickname, but I had a persona. Did you ever consider changing the name of the band to Lynn Terry's Electric Sex on Ice? No, I wasn't an OG member. I would never do something like that. I I did want to have a uh, solo career, though. And I wanted to basically create... I wanted to play Yacht Rock before that was even a thing, too. That was my dream, was to play drunky... Like boozy relaxation music. Never fall in love again. Basically, yeah. Yes. Uh, B-roll. So we have Doreen, Matt's mom, pulling weeds in the garden. We have Francesca writing in her lyric journal. We have. We also have a lot of Francesca's room, in which I saw a Janis Joplin poster right behind her right. head, and I don't know. Did you see any other posters in her room? Yeah, she has a picture of Johnny Depp as Hunter S. Thompson. That's pretty big. I missed that. That's why I was like, so it's the whole fear sixty. And yeah, fear and loathing. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That 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 tracks. That makes mm-hmm. sense. It completely scans. Did you notice the sock rack in the gas station next to the ATM? No, but if you panned over, you'll see the t-shirts that I'm talking about. There were so many socks. Yeah. Why are there so many socks? Why are there so many t-shirts? But why are there so many socks? How do you mess up socks? But you've been wearing the same pair of socks maybe for three days. But so many, you could choose between colors yeah. and patterns. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. There were a lot of socks. They got a deal on the socks. Yeah. Socks. Those also been. came from, was it Costco or? Sam's Club. Sam's Club. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there also, Detective Blackwell has a Pepe Le Pew on his desk. I would like to know the story behind why Pepe is there. It was cute. Right. It was prominently featured on his desk, a large stuffed Pepe. Yes. Um, Also, Matt's room, we get to see it. Doreen goes in there, and it is the perfect teenage boy room, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Okay. Can you confirm? It had a wall-size entertainment center. Right. Well, I'm from a different era, so I had a 19-inch TV, and I thought I was, you know, killing it. At a 19-inch TV and a VCR, and I was like, my entertainment center. You were I'm, killing I'm it older, so. because you were yeah. the lead singer of a disco band, well, so I think yeah. you killed it. Thanks. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Also, we do get to see Matt's dad's friends going through the houses. We have a little bit of reenactment in this. We mm-hmm. have actually Sarah walking up to the bank. I mean, they, they right. don't normally do that now in Datelines, mm-hmm. but it seemed to be prominent throughout this. There was one other thing... About the abandoned houses I wanted to talk about, which is Devil's Night. Are you familiar with that phenomenon in Detroit? Explain that to me. So Devil's Night is the night before Halloween, and it's real deal bad in Detroit, in the Detroit surrounding areas. Still? No. But exactly exactly what we see, those houses are burned. These abandoned houses get burned on the night before Halloween for years and years and years. By witches? By people running wild sorry i'm not talking about the good witches either i'm talking about the bad witches no i get it but this ends in 2017 essentially so this is part of the effort i believe to 
stop the sort of problem with the abandoned houses and the fact that they're getting burned and stuff. And this sort of stops in the late teens, finally. But it's I was old, wondering old why so many were just burnt. It's because people would burn them. Yeah, that was the whole so tradition. So that's what your thought was about the white shirt, too, wasn't it? Or like the, Maybe. the shirt gets dirty. Yeah, that you're laying you're down in, in their white stuff. shirt. Yeah, you're in cinders. Exactly. You're in. Yeah, exactly. You're in ash. You just rub and... up against the. Oh a yeah, piece of and it gets everywhere. And, yeah, yeah, everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you have any important B-roll that I missed? No, I just like the kickflip down the stairs, uh, shirtless footy, Baker Maker. Sit, explain. Baker Maker is he? He put his hand down. Are you talking about skateboarding? I am talking about skateboarding. That was for all you four skateboarding fans <laughs> on the podcast. All, all four of you. <laughs> but I was like, hey, it's a legitimate trick. He did a kickflip down like five stairs. Do I get skateboarding cred for marrying someone who has a nickname of Ollie? Yeah, you do. I think about it all the time. Oh, good. Okay. That's really funny. That makes it's me- really funny. Good. Yeah. That makes me happy. For those yeah. who don't know, Ollie is a nickname for Oliver. Fashion police. Uh, Matt's wearing an onk necklace. Oh, he is. Yeah. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. The bank. Yeah, here we go. I'm just, it's a lot about white shirt. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. Very upset about the white t-shirt. <laughs> it's so funny. Wear a black shirt. Yeah. It's what they have. And he's just in sunglasses. He's not even trying. It's really kind of scary. Three days of the same fit. Which makes you me know, think You know, and drugs. you're on a... That's what I'm saying. That me too. That makes me think drugs. Same because deal. Same you, deal. you're just not even thinking about it. You're like, no, You don't even fine. know it's been three days necessarily, my thinking is. His eyes. Just uh-huh. nothing. Okay. Matt's dad's friends. We need to talk about their clothes. One is in okay. a red t-shirt with a sports logo? Yeah, I wasn't sure what sports logo it was. Okay, we're not those people. We don't know that. No, But he's wearing a sports logo and shorts, but the other guy is in, the other friend is in full dad core. Yellow polo tucked into chinos Mm -hmm. with a belt. Right, right. Was it a braided belt? No, it was a flat belt. These guys get a little a little interview time. This is great. Because they're a dynamic duo. They're full armchair detectives. Yeah. They would be right in there with Dennis just right. being gumshoes. And totally. They said at one point they got confronted in one of these abandoned houses and they pretended to be cops. They were just like, we're doing an investigation. They don't even clarify. They don't even clarify. And no one questions Because I think that like guy might have been in a polo tucked in with chinos. And if I saw that, exactly. I would be like, he could be an off-duty. That one looked. Sure thing, detective. They actually both looked like off-duty cops. I thought they both did, yeah. And I think they didn't say this, but I'm pretty sure they pretended to be cops when they went into the Sunoco gas station to ask to Maybe see so. <laughs> Like this, hey, hey, this is all working out pretty good. We should just act like cops when we go in there. It totally worked. It was very smart. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. Did you have any other fashion police? Bandmates. I don't know. I feel like Affliction was really like, hey, heavy metal. What about us? It was because Affliction was the alternative to Ed Hardy. So yeah, you either so I think went at that time, Ed Hardy, they were which like, was more tattoo themed, or Affliction, which was more yeah. gothic themed. So gothic was right. marketed more to the heavy metal. And if you don't know what I'm talking exactly. about when I say affliction shirts, sort of look them up and you'll understand the style. It's gothic lettering rock tees. All over prints. That's, I think, the important thing is it's usually an all over print. Scrolly, scrolly, scrolly print. 
it's more old English than anything else mm-hmm. if you're looking at fonts. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a very specific. Right. It's a very specific style, and normally I would be horrified at seeing that in a Dateline interview. But because these guys are with their guitars and they all seem like very nice guys, it worked for me. And I'm telling you that they they went after that that market. They were like, "Hey, wear this stuff. This stuff looks like stuff you wear, right?" Yeah. And so I can see why people are like, "Yeah, man." I mean, especially thinking about how new metal, like that style. You know what I mean? It's still kind of in the lexicon in 2009. It's so yeah. It's very confusing to be a as teenage suburban metalhead in the late teens of the 2000s. Style wise, hmm. interesting. By the way, I did. W- I did want to mention the three friends that are in these shirts. Mm -hmm. This was a precious moment for me was when Dennis asked them, how often do you think about your friend Matt? And the one says every second of every day. And then another one says, every time I pick up an instrument and every Mm -hmm. time I listen to our favorite band. And I thought that Mm -hmm. was so, yeah, it would affect you. It would affect you. That'd be super hard. And I also thought about Led Zeppelin who broke up Mm -hmm. after their drummer passed. And I was like, yes, because there is no, that would be very difficult to just have that sort of, not only friendship, but a musical connection. That would be, you're used to playing together, you know? Okay, yeah. So I I actually had some thoughts on this too, in that I can see both sides of it, that you want to be the 25% of of the group that we were, whatever, is no longer with us. And so we're going to stop this project. Yeah. But then I thought about keeping it going as a tribute. You know, the fact that they might still right. be playing Matt's drum parts 20 years from now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or adopted, adapted parts, slightly changed or whatever, but roughly beats that he wrote and stuff. But an homage or a tribute to. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel kind of flippy floppy on that. I think the sensibility is it's different for each band. That's a really good point. I did not think about a tribute. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes total sense. Also, yeah. what do you think their favorite band is? Oh, they didn't say. Um, no, I mean, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's uh, it might be too old, but I think like Metallica still has that. They still get, you know what I mean? They're like the Beatles of heavy metal. They're the first thing you go to now. You know what I mean? Okay. They've been doing it for so long. I'm guessing, but I don't know. Like I say, I think it's probably just some, you know, death metal band that was really popping at the time. Oh, uh, actually, the the bass player, the the tall guy, is wearing a red cord t-shirt. Oh, corn? Red the red cord. Oh, okay. They're so they're metalcore. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's right. I think Well, we may never no. know. We're just gonna have to guess. Yeah, but they are kind of from that era where they're not one specific genre things were a little more amorphous around that era. And I think that would be a good band name, um, amorphous, amorphous Affliction. <laughs> so that's okay. my band name. What's, what's wrong with you? Oh, I just have an Amorphous Affliction. Amorphous Affliction is the band name. It's not bad. It works. I like it. Did you have any titles for this episode? Uh, the No Stick Stick Up Kid. No Stick Stick Up Kid? Yeah. He can't drive a stick. Oh, that's good, Jake. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. High marks. This seems feel like that was a way homer. It is. It is you. totally good. It just took me a minute. Um, we've been okay. talking a lot okay. about bands, and so I've had to think hard. I have quiz. Right. No, because that's what you're that's supposed great. to do. Um, yes, that's great. I also have two sort of serious names, which I can do because Kimberly's not here to laugh at me. So um, okay, I think yeah. they could have just called this "Stairway to Heaven." Honestly, 
They could have. Yeah. And I think they also could have called this beat of his own drum. They could have done that mm-hmm. with this. Okay, gotcha. Um, or International House of Punk. Uh-huh. Because he was a punk. Right. I was not happy. Yes. I was really not happy. I felt a little bit bad at the end, realizing how old he was. This is a mm-hmm. this was a rough case. Um right, fascinating, right. but really just sort of hard because mm-hmm. everybody got the shaft. You know, everybody yeah, no one's did. getting a fair break. I feel bad really. for the Landry family. I hope they're I hope they're doing well. I hope Francesca's doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My God, all of these jurisdictions, all of these, I hope that maybe it helps the police see that they've got to, I don't know. I know that's all really mm. political, but I've got to work together, right? They got to right. yeah. have a liaison that, I don't some Something or some kind of, you know, just read the blotter from the night before in the local paper. You know what I mean? Something. But I guess I will say this. This all really took place over about four days. He, his right. body was found on Thursday. He went missing Sunday mm-hmm. night. This could have been a yeah. lot worse. But I think uh-huh. it was the way it was because the family pushed. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a pretty decent chance they just never found him. Right? Yeah. Balearic also seems to be very relieved that they found that they found him, period. I think he really wasn't expecting to find him. I think he knew it was a needle in a haystack of abandoned houses. Right. And was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, at this point, I want to say thank you so much to Jake for joining us for this episode. Oh, Again, you. it was really fun to have you, especially for uh, this rocking episode. Okay, no, I can't do that. That sounds <laughs> oh my really gosh. I feel like I also What's need happening? to clarify to our listeners that electric sex on ice is not ice the drug. It's ice oh, as in ice yeah. skating. This was in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you were thinking that, I feel like I should clarify. It's also not ice the people that come and collect you to take you back to a country you came from. Right. It's not it that not ice. It's actual water. and customization. Frozen, I don't remember. Frozen water. Yeah. Okay. I hope I didn't need to clarify, but I feel like maybe <laughs> know, people don't know you. They don't know your past. Yeah. So maybe they were like, oh, he knows a lot about drugs. And then. Right. Okay. So everyone, mm-hmm. please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. And you should definitely check out our Patreon where we have a very special episode each month that we do live at our $10 level. And if you're at the $5 level, you can hear the recording of it. But if you want to join us live. Join the $10 level at our Patreon. It's super fun. We have a great time. And we will see Kimberly next week. Everyone send her your very best wishes. Let's flood her. Let's flood her inbox with good good thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And thank you again, Jake. Of course. Thank you for having me. So don't watch alone and be your own Bonham. <laughs> We've talked a lot about John Bonham this episode. So. We have. I, it was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. I'll probably listen to a lot of Led Zeppelin after we get done. All right, everybody, get the lead out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Give it a bing, your band. Is your music available online? The only way to find it, I did actually put out put up all of our demos on SoundCloud. So there is a SoundCloud page for Electric Sex and Ice. So if you're into disco from the 90s, definitely <laughs> Produced check Produced on this a four-track. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is great news.
You could cut this, but my friend's dad was British and he'd be like, how are the frozen dildos going? No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, the frozen dildos. Also <laughs> a like good our... name for a band. Well, yeah, I was like, it's fine. That, that one works too. But that was his like sort of approximation of electric sex. I ice. feel like there should be a British person somewhere in the world that constantly sort of misnames American bands. Right. And yeah. that would be a wonderful thing. Well, he was obviously like making fun of us, which I thought was fine. It was funny. Like someone who's like, of- what are the get gets instead of the go goes? Oh, right, me right, so- right, oh, right. That's that'd be yeah. really fun. Jake yeah. and I are also car- karaoke karaoke duet partners yeah. so for people that don't know it's true we also should possibly start our other new <laughs> cover band called beef beef kate yeah beef kate yeah. is good i like it beef yeah. kate is a meatloaf cover band mainly and you play meatloaf mostly and most of the songs <laughs> i am the meatloaf part it's on true 90 percent of our duets with of yeah with meatloaf 